Oh, wow. Hey, this is the Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds podcast. And I have a guest star once again. And she was one of my other mystery guest stars. And yeah, I'm just going to name her as a famous TikToker right now. But I'm not going to name drop her or put her on blast or anything. Hi. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Every time I get on this podcast, I always tell people that this is not a normal podcast. This is not with the introductions and all of this, that and the third and the bells and whistles. That it generally is something to make you smile and to have something for you to think about later. And that's kind of how I like starting out. And I'm just thankful. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, let someone know about it. It's been a few days. I wanted more people to hit the subscribe button. So, yeah, just go ahead and I will update more regularly or update more faster with more content. Say that five times fast. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to break this up into two parts as far as explaining this story and explaining a little bit more of the series. And the reasoning why I'm breaking it up is because I know it is wildly confusing. And the words that I say are confusing on purpose. I'll go into that whole long spill at another time. But for now, where we left off is Isadora, or I-S-A-D-O-R-A. Isadora is basically a floating island. And it is unparalleled, un anything like we've ever seen before in this world literally it is the size of a giant continent in the sky and to fathom something that large is or take some imagination but it is it yes Sage indeed and marijuana trees. And for me, the the floating island took some time for me to design. Just because I am familiar with science fiction. I'm familiar with a lot of different other aspects of what I've seen over the years. And I didn't want to replicate that in any way. And I just wanted to pay homage to it. And so the architecture is unlike anything I've seen, not even my dreams. And it is definitely something that is not uh, architecturally sound in our gravitational field. Now, yes, that is something very nerd-like and only a nerd would say something like this, which I am a blurred black well, nerd. My <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Shots out to the nerds. And I love my nerds. I love my girlfriend. Like, <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> so on the podcast, I have to concentrate now. My guest star is really, really awesome. So it was the getting of and the redesigning of the island and not just to have something random just for random sake to say like, oh, this is a rhombus and hey, Will, can you make a rhombus pagoda or something like this? No, it was a general attempt to create this society that was floating above celestial in as whoops that's me and 
I hope that doesn't make you uncomfortable. No. So we're back <laughs> after this. Uh, what would you call fire alarm delay? And I have my guest star on this podcast, who she's listening, and I'm basically talking. Well, okay. So besides this, it goes back into the original story from. So afterwards, in the story, okay, you have the refugees landing on this island, and it forms two groups. So one group is originally there, and they're trying to figure out what they're doing and why these people with animal heads are talking to them without words. So they're initially flipped out. It's like a science fiction dream, and they're all tripping at the same time, and they're trying not to freak out. And this woman walks off because she's basically dealing with it, but she's like, I kind of have my mate, and we all landed on the mountain, but where are we now? And so she wanders off looking for him. And that's where I begin in the second book, where it's called Untitled. And she leaves her daughter with someone, and not to leave him just with anybody or any crazy person. She's like, well, I'm going to leave him with these people. They look responsible, and I'm going to find my mate. And so she leaves, and she walks, and it's a path, but it's not a normal one. And one could think of a straight line or something like this, but she goes off in this, like, meandering phase. Stairs that go off into wherever half in a day. And she lands in this palace, or this side palace, where she finds this cat-headed goddess. Now, one would think of a normal scene of just landing in someone's palace and then that person speaking to them royally or however one addresses something. But it was different. Um, The cat-headed goddess spoke to her and she immediately understood what this being was, the impact that she had. And why people were dancing, why everything in existence seemed to melt away as she understood the sense of clarity and that there were other things in celestial and in this world by her worldview that had initially changed just from that moment alone. For me, so that's where the second book initially is where I sat down because I was in Venice and I was like okay well how do I word this and how do I not make it seem like it was just a thesaurus dude that went super ham (laughs) for anybody doesn't know what ham is h-a-m that's hard than a motherfucker (laughs) excuse me for the expletives and it's a really different (laughs) so when I was writing this story right I was thinking of what I wanted to compare it to and where I wanted to lead the story and where I wanted it to deviate from 
and it was a cool thing because I created these characters and the first thing that came to mind was that it was a floating island and so that it was over celestial and everything that was there was on the surface case of mass Alzheimer's or mass amnesia so all this chaos was happening on the surface and then this floating island was still nestled in the sky and one did not either know about the other or there was a sense of this sense of mystery where it was not even talked about and so I alluded to it when one of the guards came from the island and landed over by the mountain and he was like yo I knew stuff was going on on the surface I knew there were people here I knew it I knew it and if you've ever seen Clue or the movie or no the clue it's a game like yeah yeah right so we will (laughs) there's a thing where they're trying to solve a mystery and everyone knows the said mystery it's almost like um imposter or something like this but they they're trying to figure out who did what and it's like law and order but I twisted the story where it becomes something else. And I'm not even going to ruin uh, or spoil it for you. But I'm like, well, if all of these characters on the island know something, right? And so someone dies because the refugees landed on the island and it was the first time anything like this happened. So someone took the opportunity to take that confusion and clip someone. Like how do you solve something like this and everyone knows on the island like if it's a peaceful place and something like this happens and to use them as a scapegoat would be the perfect opportunity to do that and and obviously there are plot twists and developments but i had it where i'm still twisting the last part where it all ties in where the sense of nature versus nurture or the sense of judgment or where it gets so deep of high evolutionary and i always looked into this and i'll tell you this for the first time where someone advances so much right so they're spiritually advanced they're physically advanced they're everything the apex of what a human being can be and so then they just think that's it like that's just nirvana like it's just samsara it's nothing else beyond that point (laughs) to a scientist no one wants to reach that level like you want to have a sense of imperfection so that there is something that you're constantly tinkering away at and for me I was like well I'm definitely going to twist that in to some way shape or form or fashion but I'm going to have it where I like it and I layer it with the cake so then I have multiple layers so I look at it again and I'm like what does that word mean okay well mm, mm. okay that's alliteration that's simile that oh wow that's mm, okay you know wordplay with this and to make it seem not persnickety or super wordy or brainy it's just to have something as an artist to bring to someone because vicariously, what are we experiencing if not everything at once? And um, obviously, I'm cognizant of COVID, cognizant of uh, the world stage that we're on right now. 
but I'm a dreamer, so I'm just gonna be in my world. Like the bubble, <laughs> then someone speaks, pop out bubble, and then you're like, okay, dang, okay, and then you pop back into your bubble. So, after this, I am just, you know, figuring out where I wanted the story to develop and not to overindulge in my own dalliances because I oftentimes do that just by a daydream or just by looking off into the distance. And Isadora, and I will probably change the name. I, obviously, it was developed from some science fiction video game or something like this. But I will definitely twist it around where someone visually can understand the magnitude of what a continent in the sky is. Initially, you could think of like a space station or something in the stratosphere, but nothing to the light of it actually having waterfalls or actually having spires and buildings, actually having um, these intricate doorways and areas that are not a dream or not heaven or hell or even what would you call purgatory it's quite the antithesis of the things that we expect the laws of nature to be and that's just off of default as a floating island and so I definitely am including it in the fourth book I'm as I'm speaking to this to you now um, am writing and developing in this as I write in my head what I will do with the story because I wanted it to be very colorful, very in-depthful, but quite mysterious in developing how I express this to you. And it sounds very wordy, it sounds very lofty or very, uh, well, he, he smokes a lot of weed, but I, I, want this I, to, so. <laughs> I want this to be understood the way that I choose my words. And that there are other places too. You have a very good balance. 